Thursday night football. Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. The start of a great week four of NFL football. And just two explosive offenses ready to go head-to-head against each other. Now, these teams are led by Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa. Thursday night was supposed to be a battle of explosive offenses. Gritty dances, penguin waddles. But it turned into a night of horror regarding Tua Tungavailoa. The Miami Dolphins quarterback was injured just before halftime and sustained head and neck injuries. Tonga Vailoa had to be carted off the field and transported to the hospital. And man, that was a horrific sight for everyone watching on Amazon Prime and just America in general. It was a sad sight to see, including myself watching the whole play un- unfold. And it was gut-wrenching, 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 gut-wrenching. And I, as of now, update to us back with the team and flew home supposedly last night. So I guess... That's, I I wouldn't call that progress, but a step forward. But we're going to get into that whole context in just a few minutes. But I am your host, Jalen Harris, and this is the Harris Huddle Podcast. If you haven't, please, let's stop right now. Pull out your iPhone, pull out your, I don't know, your iPad, iPad, Samsung, Windows phone, anything you have that you can reach the internet. And follow my social media. My Twitter for the Harris Huddle Podcast is at Huddle Harris. And that is at Huddle Harris on Twitter. I can spell it out right now for you. I got you. At H-U-D-D-L-E-H-A-R-R-I-S. And my Instagram is at underscore Harris Huddle. That is at underscore Harris Huddle. After the underscore is H-A-R-R-I-S-H-U-D-D-P-L-E. L E might have added three D's, but it's just two. <laughs> but as as you guys know, we're gonna segue into this first topic, and it's kind of a grave issue. Not, and I'm glad Tua is all right, but wow, was I not? I was not expecting that. But you kind of once you once you think about what happened all last last week and it correlates, you just. You expect, I mean, you, it's crazy. But So last week, Tua was hit hard and pushed down by linebacker Matt Milano of the Buffalo Bills. He fell backwards and hit his head, and it's like his head snapped back and hit the ground. So if you're thinking why, like why if his head just hitting the ground, it's just turf or it's just grass. No, actually that turf is really hard underneath it. It's concrete and just really packed with just dirt and stuff. So that your head hitting that is not like a, you know, if you ever walked on turf before, it's kind of like crushed up and sliced up rubber tire pellets or just black pellets. They get, if they get in your shoes. It's really annoying, but basis it there is not soft. So to his head hit the ground, he pushed back. And when he got up, that's when America was horrified last week. So he gets up, he kind of shakes himself off, takes a few steps, takes a step, stumbles, then takes a, Starts walking again, and then almost his knees like buckle, and he falls again. He has to get caught by his fellow offensive lineman, his teammate. And that's when kind of the trainers rushed out there and kind of had him in there and walked him off the field because he just looks wobbly. And, you know, with 
football, everything, everybody initially thinks of the concussion when you start wobbling after a hit, a tackle, or you just get bumped in the head. If you start wobbling, that's a huge indicator that you have been concussed. And concussions are dangerous because it's a brain injury and your brain has been rattled around in your head and you could you could wake up and, I don't know, hallucinate. You cannot remember where you're at. You can even be asleep on the field, and that's your, kind of your worst fear as a football player besides major injury like a tendon or your bones breaking. It's concussions because it's it's a lifelong injury. You just don't, yeah, I had, I don't know, five concussions instead of like, for, for example, you, yeah, I broke my leg. Yeah, your leg can heal back, but it will be pretty good, but your brain will always suffer from concussions, and concussions are things that shouldn't be played with. Now, the NFL does have checks and balances if you ask, like, hey, why, how did he play last Sunday, and he he started in this game? Now, he after that hit, he did go into the training training room, and he, he was evaluated by the Miami Dolphins doctor and an independent doctor that's not affiliated with a team that the NFL Players Association and the NFL agreed on, and they cleared him to go back into the second half. Now, that caused some outrage, really by everybody, and probably the same people that watched this game and last week's game are saying, why, 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 why? Now, shortly after that game on Sunday concluded, the NFL Players Association is said they were going to investigate the NFL and investigate the Dolphins to see how Tua was allowed to come in because it's just – it's really wild because you never see a guy that's demonstrating concussion symptoms come back in that same game or really it takes like a week almost if they declare that you have a concussion or if you just have symptoms because you have to go through the protocol. And it was just really ironic that the staff, he just he just came back in the second half. It just, it just looks ugly all around. So now the NFL Players Association is, is – has more to the investigation now with this recent injury, but they're going to be interviewing doctors. I don't know who has the – nobody knows really who who is the chain of command when that goes down. I think it's just doctors because the coach is definitely not involved in it, and the player shouldn't be unless he knows how to beat the questions, but the player isn't involved. It's the doctors and medical and trainers that clear that player, said player. Now – that injury yesterday it really looked bad, man, and it really looks bad on the Dolphins four days later, and your quarterback has to be stretcher off the field and transported to the University of Cincinnati Cincinnati Medical Center, which is a level one trauma center. And that's it looked bad. I was cringing, man. I like um like Richard Sherman said and um Tony Gonzalez, you kinda you think deep and kinda like, Will I let my kid play football? Like, is this really worth it? Just to see him Stretch it off the field. His fingers literally seized up. You thought I I thought his fingers were broken. They were they locked up so bad. I think it was I don't know my anatomy, even though I should, but like his finger was crossed over. Like his middle finger or the finger beside it crossed over and was just sideways. And I was just like, ew. And he just wasn't moving. His hands were locked in front of his face. And that was horrific. Really bad. Really bad. Now I really hope Tua can like rebound can rebound from this and have a healthy life and in general like I don't really care about his NFL career at the moment because I want to know he can remember things before and after football and I and the NFL is supposed to have checks and balances 
or this exact situation and then last week or really four days ago because you you don't want to you don't want to have that situation as a repeat thing happen like I listened to Shannon Sharp this morning and he he said in his 14 year career and I don't know in career as an analyst now this is the first time him seeing that seeing a guy's fingers just lock up or seize up and he's just frozen like Tua did not move after he like put the ball down or they took the ball from him. his hands were just locked like that and that was that was scary now I mm, I don't know where you go from this because I don't know how the investigation goes or does the NFL Player Association, if they find anything, what happens? Is it just a fine? Like, oh, okay, we'll take a fine. But the Bills game, they're, uh, they're a divisional opponent. Like, the Miami Dolphins really take that serious. So, you want to win that game. You want your kind of kind of want to convince your quarterback. Not convince, but clear your quarterback so he can go out there and play and win, which they ended up, they did beat the Bills and kind of like, a, I guess you could say a shocker. But, eh, ah. You got to choose your health. And me now is playing football after and playing football and just the high school level and the injuries you sustain, you, they stay with you, man. The arthritis, the joints popping, the um, random pain. It's it's something you think about after your playing career is over. And just in general, the, the pain, it, it doesn't, it doesn't just go away. And then with cushion concussions, it's, 10 times worse, 100 times worse. It's your brain. Like, you see examples, like, in the NFL players' concussion lawsuit. You see various examples, like Junior Seau, that 49ers linebacker um, that retired a couple years ago. It might be, like, five or six now. Jeez. But uh, he retired after, like, three concussions in the league. And he was a young, great player. But concussions are nothing to play with, man. I mean, it's... mm, I, I want the best I want the best for guys and I want the best for players and just in general because they're they're human beings. They're they have families, they have wives, they have kids, they have cousins, they have sisters, they have brothers, they have everything, everything you just a life in general. I don't I wanna see guys walk off the field and just be protected, whether that's from themselves or the organizations, be protected. It's more to this game, it's more to life, it's more to everything and i don't want to see that again now i don't i don't want to beat your head in with the same old things because i know this is a big story today but i just had to i was compelled to put my voice on it and say or kind of encourage you or inform the listener which i appreciate inform my listeners of what happened last night if you didn't catch it or if you didn't see it on social media seeing a quarterback stretch it off was bad and Having a possible concussion or a concussion four days in advance of a game, well, before a game, you shouldn't be playing in that game. It should be like it should be a week or two at least before he could he should have played in that game to go through the protocol and just test because you never know. Like you don't want to play with the brain. And I just kind of want to leave it all like this. What can the NFL and players association learn from the situation? I mean, we learned the concussion concussion protocol might need a little tweaks. It might. But what can we learn? What can we do to improve? And how can we improve? I, I like the independent doctors, but is there someone over them? Is there is there checks and balances to the doctors, to everything? Like, 
we just need to make that public. We need to we need the results from this investigation. And we just want for hopefully for I mean, first of all, most importantly, we want Tua to be healthy. 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 But that's kind of my opinion on it. And I that was um hard to watch. And the Dolphins did end up losing last night. Uh Teddy Bridgewater had a couple good drives as the backup quarterback, but the Bengals and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase kind of connect, connected after a couple of drives, even though this game was kind of a little bit of a stinker at first. It was just punt, a punt battle and field goal battle. <laughs> but the the Bengals did end up winning this game, I think 15 to 27. It was kind of a late touchdown. It was like 15, 18 or 15, 17. The last time I checked with like five minutes left. So, uh. You wish the best, and you hope the Miami Dolphins clean up their act with their owner currently be suspended, and you don't want to get in another investigation, allegations of misconduct, but uh, clown town, clown town is approaching. I don't want to, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. They need to fix it. Fix it now, please. But as I move into my next topic, it's kind of a little joyous, you will, well, very, <laughs> very joyous from that first topic. Um, and we're going to talk about primetime. Primetime Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. He could be possibly leaving Jackson State. There's been some rumors floating around this past week um, about Georgia Tech officials, administration being interested. Yeah, people, Auburn fans kind of floating out that, hey, if we fire our coach, maybe we can go after Deion. And primetime is having major success at Jackson State in the football program. He's 19 and 5 as a head coach at Jackson State. He has completely turned and changed that program around in the culture. And it's they really believe in Dion. He's upgraded the facilities. He's got plans for a new stadium being built. It's they have new jerseys. They have new everything. They have new staff. It's it's amazing. I went to the Black Sports Business Symposium in Jackson State was there because Deion Sanders was the, was the keynote speaker. And it was it was amazing having them stand up and point them out and just show like, hey, what I've done, the impact I have on these guys. And I like to see it, but I'm going to go into kind of the options I've seen. Now, there's only been two, Georgia Tech and Auburn. And I've kind of been straddling the fence, not in a serious note, but um, Georgia Tech isn't really the the premier spot for me if I was Deion Sanders in general now or in the future. I mean, they just fired their coach, Jeff Collins, and yeah, the rumor mill is spilling. So this is kind of my key points. I highlight why I wouldn't pick the job. There's recruiting restrictions. You can't recruit everybody you would want to. Now, Georgia Tech is in, in the heart of Atlanta. You have a hotbed of football talent, but Every guy can't go into your program. They just can't. I mean, Georgia Tech has high academic standards, and there's no problem with that, but you might just not have the best football program because I think I read, I saw an article, well, a video with Josh Patty, 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 Pate. Oh, butchering his name. But apparently Georgia Tech's mathematical and science restrictions are really high, and for every player out there, they're not going to have that. So that means you might get more three-stars two stars instead of four and five stars, which you need to win on a power five level to compete with the Clemson, to compete with the Florida States, to compete with the Miamis. 
you need those guys because with those restrictions, you kind of limit yourself. And I don't know. It's just it's not a fit with me personally. I know Dion played with the Falcons. He was an amazing player. He he built the house that the Georgia Dome used to used to stand. That's not Mercedes Benz. Um, but it's I don't I don't see the fit. Ah, uh, it it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. It just doesn't. Georgia Tech, Deion Sanders. Georgia Tech, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders went to Florida State. Deion Sanders, Hall of Fame player at Florida State. Deion Sanders, Hall of Fame player. It just nah, 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 no, no. And also, will GT support Dion and give him the keys to the kingdom? They could say it now. Oh, we'll give the coach everything he needs. We'll give him this. We'll give him that. Do you, will you give him support? Will you show up to the games? Will you believe in him? Will you give him the staff he wants? Will you be watching over his head? Will you be? Ha- will you have unrealistic expectations of Georgia Tech? Will you? Because Georgia Tech's not winning anytime soon. Seriously. I don't know if Dion even goes there. It will be like two to three years before they compete for a what you say um, ACC championship because Clemson is there. Clemson is still the top dog even after a I guess you could say a off year last year with with a winning like eight or nine games. Still like eh, no, I just don't see Georgia Tech now. Auburn that's a little different. That is a little different. SEC. They have unlimited recruiting. They can put however much money they want into recruiting because football is like religion in Auburn, Alabama, and Auburn University. Like I said, no restrictions on budget, crazy support from fans, but, but, big but, 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 one word, well, one name, Nick Saban and Alabama. Not, I'm not going to Auburn either. No, 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 no. Now that would be great to see Dion go to an SEC school and like Auburn, which is a can be a power. Stay a power so Cam Newton. But if they get the players, they get the right formation. I mean, not formation. Um, system having them compete. I mean, you see Nick Saban and and uh, Dion in the Geico commercials. It'll be it'll be kind of funny to have them competing in the Iron Bowl, one of the most historic rivalries in college football history. So that would be great. It would actually be amazing. But I just – I don't see that one either because Auburn is talent devoid. <laughs> and I just don't see Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State anytime soon, maybe like two to three years, if that. His sons are still there. His sons are playing well. Dion, Dion is doing well, doing great things and amazing things. I'm glad he's doing that for HBCUs. I don't want to see him leave, honestly. I just – I don't. Not any anytime soon. I think his sons – maybe after his son leaves, he might heavily consider it after, the, you know, you get a couple um, MEAC championships. You win the Celebration Bowl multiple times and you just leave the program in better hands or pass it off if you really want to. But I know – Deion Sanders loves those people. Deion Sanders loves his players, and he's a great coach. So I don't think he'll leave. I, not anytime soon. I don't. Because it's just a, I don't know, it's a great thing. Watching it from afar, seeing the videos Deion posts, or seeing like the the charisma, the enthusiasm the players have, kind of what they say about Deion. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame football player, but he's a great coach. He's an amazing coach. And Jackson State gave Deion Sanders his first opportunity 
And how do you leave that? I mean, Georgia Tech wasn't calling three years ago when they needed a coach. Auburn definitely wasn't. So why leave if they believed in me? HBCUs believed in him. So why leave? I wouldn't. Not for Georgia Tech. Not for Auburn. At least Auburn right now. But, you know, who knows? He could change his mind. He could see completely different from me. I don't know. But I know Deion Sanders is an authentic person and a real human being and a great coach, Hall of Fame player. If you bring him into your program, he's a game changer. He he flips things around. I mean, it's prime time, baby. Come on. I mean, the Falcons were energized with Deion Sanders. Cowboys, energized. 49ers, energized. He brings that swag, that charisma. It's, it's prime time, baby. I mean, come on, man. But that's kind of my view. I don't think he will leave. I know rumor mill is rumor mill, and it probably will only intensify as the weeks, months, and whatever offseason comes. But nah, nah, nah. I just don't see it, man. If Florida State was open, but I think they're doing pretty well right now with Mike Norvell, it, I, that would be the only one convincing to me. But it would have to be like a real, real powerhouse, a place that you can recruit at, compete at. He can do his own thing, and it just fits the aura of Deion Sanders. And I think Jackson State is that right now over any other Power 5 company. I'm not company. <laughs> uh, Power 5 program, football program. I just believe that people might disagree, but I just don't see it right now. Now, I'm going to move into my last topic of the day. And it's a serious note. It's not somber like Tua or sad or horrific. No. It's horrific and disgusting, honestly. But we're going to talk about Brett Favre. The stench of what he's done is incredible and disgusting. Disgusting. If you don't know, Brett Favre has been accused of and has allegedly funneled money from the Mississippi State Welfare Fund, which is he's a part of a group from using with the former governor, Phil, I think it's Phil Bryant, his staff, and there's a lot of members of his staff that have been arrested or taking plea deals or just been accused of funneling money from state welfare funds into who knows what. I mean, some couple reports have went out. The first report was that he funneled $5 million of state welfare money to USM's volleyball court to build a new one. And there's more things coming out. I mean, as this morning, Abby Wambach is cutting ties with the, his concussion medicine company. It's kind of a nonprofit. They, he secured $2.1 of state funds to start that up. And it's, I honestly have no words. So we're at, well, 5 plus 7, <laughs> 5 plus 2.1 is 7.1. So that's already about seven million. They've kind of tied to him. He got a he got like two to three more million in speaking engagements, two million in speaking engagements that he didn't do. Now he did pay that back, but he didn't pay the interest on it. I know that's about like four hundred thousand dollars, I think. But we're already at seven million, nine million that including the stuff he paid back in funds that Brett Favre has taken from the state of Mississippi. And it's not even the state, but families that really need it. And it's really disgusting and appalling to me. It really is. Because I have I have roots here. You have 
I'm a student at Mississippi State. I have roots, family in Mississippi State. And you have you see people, you meet people at this campus, you meet people around in Starkville, and you hear about their stories, you hear about families, you hear about they tell you their life story. Even my room, some of my roommates, or well, one roommate, you just hear people's stories and you just see a story about Brett Favre, NFL quarterback, made hundreds of million, hundred million dollars stealing from state welfare funds. Excuse me? I mean it's it gets kind of infuriating at times because it gets personal. Like, you stealing from people that don't have food, don't have housing? Really? Really, Bet far? You can easily write a check. I mean, think about it. Brett Favre has Copperfit, Wrangler, anything he could talk about. He could start a podcast. He could, I mean, I worked in fundraising, and it's the amount of money he gave to USM, they'll probably, probably that volleyball stadium is going to be, is named after him, or he probably has a building named after him. You know how ridiculous that is to use that money to donate to athletes for USM out of the state welfare fund? Now, the investigation is still ongoing, but is I know federal and state um, law enforcement is investigating in there still gathering things about the case because we're still getting information about the case that abby wambach uh information just released this morning so and she's getting away from i think she suffered from concussions before in her career so she wanted to i mean who you thought it was a good company but no the company is funneling money and apparently his foundation aimed at helping children and cancer patients gave money to usm from that foundation it's just it's deplorable at this point. I mean, when you think about it, it's just like, why? Why? There is no why, but you're just horrible human being. You're stealing from poor people, people in poverty. $77 million is gone. And they need to find out where it went. And they're finding out now. But this is horrible. I mean, I don't I don't see why this is he should be in cuffs already because it's it's ridiculous. This is fraud. This is, I don't know. I think money laundering is kind of with criminal organization, but it's its its getting there. Fraud, embezzlements. I don't know. It's lying. It's, mm, this is infuriating. I just can't. Mm. Brett Favre. I called you, I called you an old fart in one of my past episodes. Now it's just getting ridiculous. I don't want to. Think about what I want to name you now. But it's it's annoying. It's horrific. It's disgusting. Right? Be better. Everyone be better. That's just disgusting. You steal funds from people that really need it. And I I just I just can't right now with the details that's come out, stuff that's leaking, the articles, and I and I Applaud the journalists, investigative journalists, the law enforcement that are that are getting this out, getting this information out, and finding this evidence and information because it's it needs to be told, and it needs to be told by media, it needs to be told by everyone because he needs to be go to jail. This can't just be a fine or just oh this information leaked. He did all this bad stuff. No, he needs to pay seventy million, seventy seven million dollars went. Mississippi is one of the poorest states in America. Top two or one, the poorest state. People are struggling right now. We don't have water in Jackson. And that's ridiculous. Like, come on. 
former governor, governor, Brett Favre. Like, like it's ridiculous. This is you. You you want people to be better. Be who you actually are. People want to be heroes, but you want to use welfare money. Like, come on, be re- be for real. But that's all I have for you guys today. I'm in on that note, and thank you guys for tuning in. This is another episode of the Harris Huddle. My name is Jalen Harris, and I hope you tune in to the next episode. If you haven't, please follow my social media on Twitter, Huddle Harris, Instagram underscore Harris Huddle. And I'll see you guys next time.